Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Push him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that. On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night Podcast from Talk Sports. Before we get stuck into this, make sure you subscribe to us. You can get us on all decent podcast platforms as well as the Talk Sport website. And of course, you can watch all our boxing output on the Talk Sport Boxing YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe to us there. Now, I'm Adam Catterall. It is a pleasure to be in your company. And on Saturday nights, me and Gareth Day Davies sat in a studio and waxed lyrical for three hours about all things fight sports. Bit of boxing, bit of MMA, and guess what? Bit of Muay Thai. Hey, proper fight night show, let me tell you. Uh, we started, though, by talking about heavyweights. Of course, at the weekend just gone, it was supposed to be the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world between Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk. Not to be in February. Hopefully it happens in May. May the 18th is the rescheduled day, and that is where we started our conversation. The fight that we should be speaking about this evening in the world of boxing, of course, is the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world between Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk. Every fight fan knows uh, that that fight is not taking place this evening. It has been rescheduled for May 18th, 13 weeks away from uh, where we're at right now. Uh, Delayed, of course, uh, because of Tyson Fury's injury and him uh, not being able to uh, participate in about this evening. Obviously, a massive hit for boxing because we're all excited. We all have been waiting for the best part of 25 years for an undisputed heavyweight championship fight. I suppose another 13 weeks isn't going to hurt anybody. Uh, but it, it is obviously one of those moments where fight fans do feel a little bit deflated and fingers crossed we can get this on in 13 weeks' time and, and get it finally over the line. Yeah, well, it's, it feels like it, is this, it's the fourth time it's been postponed in lots of different ways and it's a different trans, transmogrifications. Great words. Thank you. Um, I shall use many of them tonight. <laughs> we'll be very erudite about our, um, our, our nomenclatures tonight, then, shall we? We'll go uh, let's go Latinate. Any, anyway, but um, to get into the nitty-gritty of blood, sweat and tears, um, you know, I think it's got to happen on May the 18th because I think the, the disappointment levels, not least that they've got a, a $10 million forfeit on both sides with Alexander Usyk and Tyson Fury if they don't turn up or can't make it, um, I, I do see it happening. I do think the big just debate... On, just on that, just on that. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know how I feel about that because <laughs> I want both men to turn up fully fit. Yeah. I don't, and I don't know that, listen, 10 million quid or 10 million dollars or whatever it is, yeah. it's a lot of dough, isn't it? It is. And I, I just fear that someone might rock up not fully fit because they don't <laughs> want to lose 10 million dollars. I'd, ra I'd rather them just say, listen, I want to be fully fit. Give me another two weeks or another month or whatever it may be. Yeah, but but I get I, I, listen. I want the fight, but I, I want them to be fully fit. And Look, 100%. here's here's the perfect segue for you. Carl Froch fought one of the greatest fights I've witnessed against Jean Pascal in Nottingham. Tyson Fury's debut, in fact, in 2008 for the WBC um, uh, super middleweight title with a perforated eardrum and broken ribs. Okay, um, and was amazing that night. It was like watching an old fight in sepia. You know, in, in, in black and white. Um, and fighters very often go into contests with injuries. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our very own friend Michael Bisping and, 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 and others have hidden head cuts in their hair and been stitched up and gone into to fights before. Or hidden that they're one-eyed yep. going into fights. That's Michael Bisping, an amazing character and fighter. Um, I think they they the, the danger is that Tyson Fury's eye gets opened in the lead-up, but they'll be very careful about that. They'll have a very tight head guard. They can bandage him up. They can do all sorts of things. They'll give him loads of vitamin E on the way through now, and he'll get the best nutrition possible. He'll be closed up in two or three weeks, and he will have to do a bit of sparring because he can't do no of course, sparring. Of course, of course. And, and I just think we're going to have a different fight. I thought we were going to get a cagey chess match. Mm. I think we might have a bit of a blockbuster now, a bit of a, a rumble. Okay. In Riyadh, okay. May the 18th. Okay, with that in mind, I'm going to pick your brains on it in a moment. But first and foremost, let's hear from uh, a couple of promoters that have been on TalkSport throughout the course of the week. Uh, Frank Warren and Usyk's promoter, Alex Krasiuk, have both been speaking to various shows here on TalkSport. We'll start with Frank Warren. He would have been fighting this Saturday, but unfortunately he's not. And uh, we all know the reason for that. But he is a high, highest level professional. He accepted this news with a smile on his face, with complete comprehension of what's going on. So uh, this is going to be another challenge for him, but he's ready for the challenges in his life. So nothing major uh, change, changed, but the only change is the, is the date. Everything else remains the same. He'll be ready for the uh, for the uh, the seventeenth. He'll be ready for that, and it'll take its course and it'll heal. And you know, there's nothing unusual in boxing for fights to be postponed. The fight that mm. took place on Saturday <clears throat> between uh, Williams and Hamza that had been postponed from uh, last November because ha Hamza busted his hand up. Yeah. The fight the week before, which was Aziz and uh, Buatsi, that was postponed because Aziz got injured last year so that was a postponement it's nothing unusual in sparring they're actually punching each other so you will pick up injuries it's unfortunate and it's happened with Tyson it happened with George Foreman that happens in boxing as you can tell that was the other way around that was Frank speaking secondly to uh, Alex <laughs> Krasio, uh speaking uh, first up but they're right in what they're saying there obviously these things do happen uh, and the fight has been pushed back to May 18th and I just want to pick up on something that you said a moment or two there, uh, ago there Gareth the, the delay to the fight. How do you think that the, the delay to the fight affects both men individually? How does it affect Fury? How does it affect Alexander Usyk? Well, I mean, Tyson Fury is actually physically affected, so he can't do anything about it. And, and having spoken 
to his... Um, he can do S&C, though, can't he? He can, he do, can he do, do S&C. No, he can do a lot of S&C. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he looked in phenomenal shape. He looked in the best shape that I've seen him for a long time, certainly in the shape he looked uh, for that second fight with Deontay Wilder in Las Vegas um, a few years back. And I think, having spoken to his manager, Spencer Brown, about it, he was very down, first of all. But he knows he's got a physical ailment. But for Alexander Usyk, he's not having to recover from anything. He's... I think it's tougher mentally on Alexander Usyk, even though, as we know, Tyson Fury's mind games don't seem to work against Alexander Usyk at all. Mm. He's his own man. He's an incredible character. And as Alexander Krasiuk and Egis Klimas, uh, his manager and his promoter, both revealed, he just shrugged his shoulders when he heard the fight was off. A friend of mine who's a photographer was out there at the time, by the way. They didn't tell him until his sparring session was over that the fight had been mm. postponed. Um, and, uh, no, I, I think it's tough for Alexander Usyk because, obviously, he was preparing for, what was it, December the 23rd, originally, having been there out in Saudi Arabia for October the 28th for Battle of the Baddest when Fury put in one of his worst performances against Francis Ngannou. So... I just think it's tough for him because he's had to delay after delay after delay. That may work on him, but I just think these two guys need to deliver us something special on May the 18th. I mm. really hope so. Um, from an Usyk point of view as well, this training camp, I know that he was aware for the birth of a, 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 his daughter. I think he's had another child, hasn't he, during this period of time, so he was aware for that birth, and obviously now he's gone back. It's interesting to see now how that tapers, because you can't just go straight through. You've got to take a step off, because you want to peak when we get to uh, May the 18th, and that obviously goes for uh, Tyson Fury as well. In the wider aspect, and this is a more interesting debate, because <laughs> when I speak to fight fans now, you, over the last two years, or even longer, it's a lot, it's easy to be able to say, right, well, this can happen, this can't happen, because this broadcaster, because of this promoter, because of this sanctioning body, and you can see the pitfalls and the politics of which gets involved and in the way of certain fights happening. So when something like this happens... I then look at, for example, we have a situation with the IBF. Filip Hergovic has to wait a little bit longer for his opportunity to maybe fight for an IBF championship belt. That might become vacant. But the more I listen to Turkey Al-Sheikh, the man that seems to be running the whole ship now when it comes to uh, mm. boxing, especially in the heavyweight scene, I think sanctioning bodies and belts are starting to become a little bit irrelevant because they've created their own belt for this championship fight, an undisputed belt, haven't they? And I think... Maybe correct me if I'm wrong because you're a bit more on the inside than me than on this. But it seems to me that we're going in the direction that we're going to get one single one song every single division. It's not going to be four champions. It's not going to be three champions. It's going to be no. This is it. And when it comes to mandatories and and things like that, they're kind of becoming a little bit irrelevant because mm. we all want as fans to see the best fights. What are the ones that get us off our seats? Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk is absolutely that. It's a must. If Anthony mm. Joshua and Francis Ngannou deliver something spectacular and the winner of that comes through, mm -hmm. you kind of want the winner of that to fight the winner of Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk rather rather than one of the mandatories, well, 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 this is where we start to get into the weeds because if Francis Ngannou does a number on uh, Anthony Joshua and, and, and I'm not ruling that out, and we've both spoken to Ben Davison in the last week, by the way, just to just dig in here a little bit and they've got he and Lee Wiley are coming up with an amazing game plan speaking to Ben before we came into the studio tonight coming up for an amazing game plan for him um, my my feeling is that we're going to end up with an almighty debate for a long time if Francis Ngannou just happens as a big outsider to knock 
um, Anthony Joshua out because then does he fight for the undisputed or does he fight? Will the belts fracture afterwards? I think the belts may well fracture. In in my kind of long period in covering fight sports, when people fight for undisputed the first time and the belts fracture, if they have an amazing fight, you don't need a belt next time anyway. And so I think we'll get into that scenario. We need belts for the structure, but you're right in what you're saying. I think they're going to become more irrelevant. You can superannuate them by saying, right, we're, we're doing prize fighting now. We're getting the best fighting the best. Better be of, Arta Better be of and Dimitri Bivol. When they fight on June the 1st, you could just say, nah, if they have two fights, great. If they have one fight... And we want the winner of Joshua Boazzi and Anthony Yard or Callum Smith, the winner against whoever, one of those guys, to fight the winner of that next. You're finding out then that w- the people's mandatory is deciding, you know? And that's the best thing for, for no, boxing. It's very good. I don't think it can last forever. I don't think it can last forever. But right now, it's the shift, the paradigm shift that boxing needs. Mm. And, it, and it should have... Best six months I can ever remember this first six months of the year, by the way, going to June the 1st. It's extraordinary. Another fight that has been booked, which we're all excited about, is April 27th in Leeds, of all places. Neutral territory for the rematch between Taylor Catterall. Uh, myself and Gareth were joined by Todd the Buff, the main man from top rank, to discuss the fight. Performs like that and beats the champion in his own backyard and gets absolutely robbed. Jack Cattrall is so close now to the night of his boxing life. And still, I'm actually embarrassed tonight because I'm promoting this event and I couldn't see how 114, 111. He put up a good fight, that's for sure. But he never won the fight. The moment you think you work all your life, you're going to get crowned a world champion after a performance like that, and he's snatched away from you. It's, it's disgusting. I don't even know what to say. That was Jack Cattrall's night. I want you to go in there and straighten that one out properly, and I hope you're going to do it. How many times do I need to say to you? I've already said it to you three times in this interview. I will fight him again. And he is fighting him again. April 27th is the day. Leeds is the destination. It's landing on the uh, television broadcast of the zone. And it's happening at £140. It's staying at super lightweight. Lots of chats as to whether Josh Taylor will be moving up in weight. But it's he, I'm led to believe, uh, that has demanded that they go back to the uh, original weight division of uh, super lightweight and get it back on. Taylor versus Catterall 2. To discuss this with myself and Gareth Air Davis here on Fight Night. Uh, the main man from uh, Top Rank, very kindly joining us uh, on this fantastic Saturday evening in, here in the UK. Todd DeBuff, uh, giving up a bit of time to come and join us. Todd, welcome back to the show. How are you, sir? Good. How are you guys doing? Very well indeed. Very well indeed. Obviously, happy uh, to hear of this fight being uh, confirmed this week, that Taylor Catterall 2 is back on April 27th, as I said, a moment or two ago. From your point of view, uh, Todd, obviously heavily involved in, in Josh Taylor's career. Why do you believe it's taken... Uh, two years to get the rematch back on. Well, that I, I don't know that it's 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 the length of time that's the issue. I think that there was a there were mandatories, there were a bunch of different options that there were contractual issues that Catterall had. He had been with a number of different promoters in the in the in the meantime. Um, so I, I don't I don't think that the time is the issue. I think. 
Um, I think the issue is more importantly that they're fighting each other. And I think you look, I look at it from a different perspective. I think both guys wanted the fight. Um, you know, obviously Josh wanted to fight Tiafimo. Um, <clears throat> there were other things out there that were kind of in place. And I think more importantly, we're getting to see the fight. Um, and I don't think that I, I know in your country, it was a uh, highly disputed and people felt that, uh, Jack won the fight or how it was called. Um, I was personally at the fight. I thought it was to be very close. Could have seen it gone either way. Um, I've seen way worse decisions, but that's another, for, not for me to opine on, but the fight's happening. So let's go. Todd, um, one of the things that's being discussed, thank you for joining us tonight, obviously. Um, one of the things being discussed. Go ahead, can I just say one thing? Can I yes, say one sir. thing? I listened to your last segment. I wanted to jump in there so much. Go on, go on, jump and in. Get, jump you know, in, and, jump and, straight and you, in. And you, and, you, and you left me with this Jack Catterall, Josh Taylor fight only? You let give me one Come subject on, jump in, after jump all in on the heavies. Jump in on the no, heavies. No, 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 no. We're going to, you, you go ahead. No, now, no, now, no, now no. We are not moving on. I'm not going to interrupt you Adam, Listen, I'm, I'm going to have to arm wrestle. No, I'm going to, no, we're going to have to arm wrestle this. Have you been riding a pony this morning? Because you look like you're dressed like a jockey, by the way. But, um, oh, you've uh, probably been actually, cycling with I Lance Armstrong. By the, by the way, I was knee deep in, uh, in in powder in the the mountains of aspen and came off the mountain just to talk to you guys so uh it was a beautiful snowy day here right listen so I'm go having, ahead Gareth. No, hit I'm, me with your question no i'm having and then we're going to jump into my no, I'm, go I'm going latinate again i'm going to have a moratorium on talking about Catterall and taylor until you tell me what <laughs> you were burning to talk about uh, when you were listening to that first section please tell us I, I had a, a bunch of things. I, I I wanted to jump in on a bunch of stuff. I mean, from the injuries, which is I think in line with you know postponements are are very much a part of our business as it is UFC as we see. I mean, mm. um, Stipe and John Jones has now been postponed. I think which was the biggest heavyweight fight that they could have, and it's going to be postponed ten months Correct. or eight months by the end of it. So I think this is combat sport, and we have to accept that and. It's the wonders of it, the beauty of it, which makes so each match so unique. But you also have the pitfalls of accidental things happening. But at least the fight's going to happen. So that's that was one of the things I wanted to discuss. And and I think the the titles conversation would be a wonderful conversation to have um, at some point. Brilliant. Um. All right then. So I'll get back to the original point. Um. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Um. I feel like I'm I'm going around in circles. But what I'll say is this. Um, Josh has said to me privately, publicly, over and over again that 10 stone, 140 <coughs> pounds, is a difficult push for him. Why has he insisted, do you think, on doing it at 10 stone? Is that to get him sharp, to get him enlivened, rather than going to 145 or, or a 147? I, I can't speak, you know, the, it's really hard. I'm, I'm not the trainer. I'm not his advisor. I'm the promoter. Right. And I'm not as nutritionist. I'm not as physical therapist. I'm not as mental therapist. Yeah. Right. So what he was determined about and which I really believe is the case. And this is where the greatness of the body of work of an athlete who really wants to be at the highest level, when they see themselves stub their toe at some point. At their and they're responsible for it. Right. 
he owns the fact that he let Catterall into that fight, which he felt he should have never done. He didn't prepare correctly, he felt. He wasn't on point. He All those things. I think he wants to prove something. And that's greatness. That's somebody wanting to get back to that poise where they were, that they were, I want to prove something. And I think that's what the issue is. I think he wants to prove something. I don't think he wants to have any excuses when he gets in the ring against him. I think that that final point that you make there, Tony, mm. is, is where I'm at. I kind of like the attitude of Josh Taylor doing it at 140. I think he, I think many fight fans have concluded that he was probably going to leave this division and maybe head towards 147. So I think they were thinking that maybe there's going to be a catchweight or something like that. But if he goes in there and he does Josh Taylor things and he wins the fight against Jack Catterall at 144 or 145, fans are always going to come back to him and say, yeah, but you didn't you do it at 140, 140, did you? You've done it yeah, in the catchweight. So what I kind of yeah, like him, yeah, but what I like him pushing... But when I was in New York with him, I was working with you there, Todd, in New York, Teofimo Lopez fight. It was an amazing night. Josh said over and over again he didn't have the legs at 140, and that yeah, that worries me that. for him. But he knows well, his body. Maybe, maybe, listen, I, I, you're not taking, I, what I don't think we're doing is we're actually, um, we're not the athlete and we're not reflecting, no. mm -hmm. right? And and it's it, it's not fair for us to sit on the sideline and posture and hypothesize about his mental and physical well-being at the weight, right? I think he wants to put an end mm -hmm. to this Catterall chapter a feud. in his mind. Yeah, It's a chapter. Mm. It was, it, you know, in golf, you get a mulligan. In boxing, you don't, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. so let's just be mm -hmm. honest. Mm -hmm. right. you, you don't get a mulligan. There's not two off the tee, yeah. right? They're going to remember the slice out of bounds, all right? He does not, he, I think that moment... That Pete, that fight has in, made an indelible mark on him and his body of work, mm. and this is his way to erase it. I think that's a very, yeah. no, yeah. I think that's a very, yeah. very well put. Just, just finally, before we let you go, Todd, obviously, one's from Scotland, one's from the northwest of England. Leeds is the destination here. Is is it just basically a case of let's do this on neutral territory? Is that is that why we've gone to Leeds for for the fight? Yes, yes. I mean, I think it's. I think it's um, there's a lot of emotion in this one. There's a lot of personal stuff. There was a lot of, you know, fans taking sides, people um, taking sides, announcers, broadcasters, everybody having a, a voice on this. And I think what they wanted to do is try to find, you know, for both athletes, the purest possible template that didn't have one favor over another favor, one advantage over the other advantage. And I think that hits to the 142. Mm. And no excuses, mm. no hometown, yeah. nothing. And, uh, you know, so listen, we're, we're thrilled to bring this to life. Um, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be on uh, on DAZN in, in the UK and in the United States. It'll be on ESPN and, you know, in US and Canada. Uh, so we're really excited to bring this as, you know, part of a, an incredible streak we have from April 27th with Cater, um, Taylor and Catterall to Inouye uh, Neary on the 6th to Cambosis and Lomachenko the 11th and then finish up with Fury and Usyk on the 18th. I mean, that just, it's an run. amazing run. That's, That's some an air amazing miles. run. That's some air miles. That is an amazing run. <laughs> and uh, and by the way, I'm going to go see the Rolling Stones um, uh, in between there too okay. somewhere. Uh, they're coming. They're coming to Vegas. Amazing. <laughs> you've got you've got it going so, on. Um, now, so but I'm I'm just saying though it's you know I I you know I think that the, I love 
you know, we, we've had a lot of issues and we talk about this a lot, rematch clauses, comeback fights, all that nonsense that I don't think should be, that should exist. I think this is down to prize fighting and you guys hit on that before. Give the people what they want. Mm. The people wanted to see this rematch. I think the fighters wanted it. I think there was a lot of unanswered, you know, it was just incomplete. Um, and I think either, I think one of them want to knock the other guy out. And just make a definitive statement. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of them get gets knocked out. I think this is what, one of those moments. And I like that they, these guys and these teams have come together to make the match for their body of work. The British cruiserweight scene is on fire at the moment. And we've just had a mandated fight for the English title. The English champion, Vidal Riley, joined us in the studio to talk about his upcoming bout with Miguel Vidal Riley, English champion at Cruiserweight. How are you, my man? You well? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Very well indeed. And great to have you in the studio because obviously we've got a date now uh, pending, not pencil, pending, ready to go at the O2 Arena. Easter Sunday is uh, is the date of March 31st. A lot of people obviously will be aware of this because on TalkSport throughout the course of the week we've had uh, Fabio Wardley and we've had Fraser Clark obviously in the studio talking about their fight. That's the main event and you're going to be on this card, which is a wonderful card to be part of. Big mainstream interest, and it's always nice uh, to have uh, a name in the opposite corner that other people are familiar with as well. A man that has maybe been at the moment at a slightly higher level in the in the world of boxing. Obviously, former British champion, just lost his championship, stepping back down to take on you for the English title in Mikhail Lawal. What a great fight, mate! No, it's a it's a very good fight. You know, um, it's what I suggested to to my promoter Ben Shalom. You know, we was looking at opponents and where I'm heading, where I want to go. And of course, I've said I want to be a British champion now that I'm English champion. But there's no better way to prepare for higher levels than to test yourself against someone who was a British champion. So to me, it made sense. Um, I think after Lawal's last performance, everyone kind of went quiet on him and he kind of went into the darkness. But I thought, this is he's still a good fighter. And he's a fighter that's going to make me train harder, work harder, push myself mm. and, and reach my potential. So... At the O2, it's going to be a good fight. He's also got a point to prove because he's coming off the back exactly. of a loss against Isaac. And, you know, where he didn't get out of the box really that yeah, night. That, that, it was a very odd performance, very but, odd fight. But that's a wounded animal, isn't yes, it? You know what I mean? That's a great point. If, yeah. if you're coming off the back of a loss, it's like, hang on yeah. a minute, cheeky boy. You're calling me out as English champion. I want to come and bring my A game. So it's a wonderful, wonderful fight for the fans as well. Very good fight for the fans. Wounded animals are dangerous, as we know. Um, if you're a British champion, you go down to English level, you lose at English level, it's kind of, you're of stuck. You're stuck. So I know he's going to come and try and take my head off <laughs> on Easter Sunday. And uh, it's also my mum's birthday, so he got he got no chance this Mate, time. Yeah. can't be fighting on your mum's birthday. From, from, <laughs> from your point of view, though, I mean, obviously we're 10 and all now uh, as a professional. Uh, and it's gone, it's gone swimmingly. Nice step-ups as we've been going along. But this is absolutely what you would class as the stellar name. I actually thought last time out against Coilus, that was a really good step up for you. And obviously you came through there and, and boxed a really good, talented boxer over that uh, period and, uh, and had a shutout victory. But this is the one that really announces now, right, okay, are we at that British level? Can we go on to European level? Because the names that we're talking about, the Isaac Chamberlain's of this world, maybe Chef Clark you can throw in there as well. These are the next fights that, that we hope to see you in with. These these are the fights that I want. You know, it's I've I've said I want to take the traditional route, uh, and when you know everyone thought I could go into the influencer realm and whatnot, I came to this route to be on the journey. You know, and and embrace the journey and take the challenges on the journey. 
So as a Chamberlain, of course, that's a fight I've I've vocalized many times and say I wanted Chev is right there as well. He's saying, you know, I'm the mandatory, I deserve the shot. But it's good that we have conversation. You know, the most important thing is that boxing keeps the interest of the people. And with us being good fighters, vocalizing we want to fight, this is what keeps people interested. So I'm I'm grateful to be a part of the mix. Do you think you just mentioned the influencer route there, right? For people that don't know too much, you were obviously heavily involved in KSI's journey right at the start, coaching course, him and what yeah. have you. Do you do you believe that that affiliation with the hardcore boxing fan base maybe affected how serious people took you at the start? Because it feels like to, to me that you've you've got you rid of crossover. You've got you? rid of those yeah, shackles. Yeah, now. People are like yeah. going, but they forgot about your amateur pedigree. That's, that's what the, I mean. You know, that's right. the point. But what I'm saying this guy is, was a top level amateur. Of course, remember. but from a casual it, audience point exactly. of view, they didn't know that needed the no. crossover. Yeah. So but do you, you played it well? I think. I think you've done the chess game. Yeah, you know. There's there's a yin and a yang to everything, you know. What I gained from being a part of that is changed my life. It changed mm, my mm. how many people know me. At least they know me for something. Mm. So a lot of people are struggling to be known just daily doing what they've dedicated their life to. Something that found me accidentally but still contained my passion allowed me to be known to a wider audience. And I always knew my skills would bring me back to a point where I get the respect of the traditional audience as well. And I, I guess Lawal is an opponent that that starts with on the faith was, was it sorry Gareth was okay. it was it difficult though because that that audience there I mean there's a lot of money there mate in there and there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of attention there and all that type of thing and with all due respect you could probably go in there and mop it up quite comfortably right was it was it a difficult decision to then say well hang on a minute I'm going to come back to the traditional route which is difficult a bit less money at the start but when I get to the very very top that's when I'll start to do what I need to do was it a difficult decision to do that it wasn't a difficult decision because you know as Gareth mentioned I've been boxing since I was six years old had a very good amateur career represented team GB England mm -hmm. you know I've that is what so I believed on that path that one day I'd go to the Olympics turn professional and be a world champion so when I made that decision all right let's resume what I was I've been doing my whole life it, it wasn't hard at all of course you see you know the money like he said is crazy on the other side but I always believed that I will make the money in the traditional game mm, I, I have so much faith in that that I didn't need to cop out and say all right now this is presented let me do it uh, having known you a long time now and done several interviews with you where I've talked about your life with you or you've explained your life to me one of the things that's I think why it's worked for you with being involved in that milieu the YouTubers KSI in the movies the documentaries but also knowing that knowing you as I do you've always wanted canonical ownership of your journey and so you're already there at that level now where you can have five or six fights now and go all the way to world level um and also for those listening about you you've also fought in the middle east you fought in las vegas you fought in mayweather mm. and mayweather promotions you 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 curated it very cleverly and very and finessed it i say slowly but yeah but you curated it and it's a very decent climb when you look at it if that's fair. Yeah, no. It was I've, deliberate. It was by it was by design, wasn't it? Yeah, it's it's I don't know, man. When opportunities are presented to me, uh I've got a good family, I've got a good team, you know, I've I've got my own intelligence and You've got your dad as well, by yeah, the way. That people yeah. might not know if they're listening. Your dad, to my dad. Yeah, exactly. He's very close to you and very close. Yeah. Um but no, I'm close 
with my family and both my parents. My mum, she's she'd be advising me as well. She's just not in the camera as much because she's not the trainer. But she got heavy hands or not? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Long time ago. Don't remember. Uh, <laughs> but she doesn't need that. The words enough. Okay. But the journey. The ju- a look, a look is a powerful thing, <laughs> but um, the journey has been. I can't say I've orchestrated the whole journey. I'd be lying if I said that. But I do know where the opportunities are. I do know if it aligns with what I can do, and if those things tick, and the the team and the family I have who have my best interests at heart agree, then I make the move. Can I just say though, in your last three or four performances, I've been so delighted at what you've started to show lateral movement power uppercuts that just just your armory it's really come it's like you've blossomed is that fair that's fair that's fair i think that's credit to my dad um because he taught me from the beginning and Mm. you know i I spent some time away from him when i was in america i was in vegas and when i've come back to him it's like right that this is it's time yeah it's Mm. time Mm. and he's like let's get back to what we were doing and how you were so successful um, as an amateur, let's let's replicate that in the pros and to to come back here, have six fights here, and become English champion, just goes to show I'm on a mission. Hey, oh, they're playing Gat Decor and Passion, and Gareth A. Davis is off, mate. He's in the nightclub. That's how we're rolling on a Friday, uh, on a Saturday evening, should I say, for fight night. I'm Adam Catterall. Gareth A. Davis, of course, alongside me, uh, and Vidal Riley, kind of giving up a bit of time on Saturday evening to come and join us. Uh, in the studio, and we were just speaking there in the break with Al about the scene in your division, especially with it uh, being on the domestic front. We've mentioned uh, a little group of fighters there from English level, British level, up to European level, uh, which are all UK best, which is extremely exciting. It should be relatively easy, maybe, to make some matchups, but we understand now the politics of this game sometimes gets in the way of certain things. And then we go right up to the world level, and we've got obviously Chris Billum Smith and uh, Richard Riappor having a little bit of a throwdown as well. Uh, still waiting for uh, all that date wise just to be uh, signed off, but it's uh, it's on. Exciting. For, for you, from your point of view, as a, as a young guy with big aspirations, that's an exciting division to be a part of. No, it's a, it's a very good division to be a part of I think it all goes in waves in boxing you know like the heavyweight division is always something that's alive and then other divisions have their error and they kind of fall off welterweight's another weight that's always on Mm. but cruiserweight is on right now there's a lot of good competition especially domestically that is branching out into the world rankings like you're saying so there should be a lot of fights that can be made we should be entertained the people should be getting treated often Right, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot here, right? Mm-hmm. Who out of the current crop of British cruisers then do you think gives you the toughest challenge? Um, and this is including the world, world people Top, at the world level. Wherever you want to go, mate. Wherever you want to go. Mm. Who gives me the most trouble? Who would give me the most trouble? Like they all got their bits. This is something I sit down the and think about. The answer is none of them remember, is it, like, You know, no, I'm not that guy, man. I don't just say, oh, none of them. Like, I think who would actually be the person to, to, to test me? Um, Probably Richard. I'd say Richard. Okay. For what reasons? Mm. Just his attributes. Just the way he's set up. He's tall, he's rangy, he's got power. He's got good technique. You know what I mean? He, he's, you have to, yeah, it's a chess match. It's, it's going to be a chess match. It's not going to be a... A war, it's going to be strategic, you know. And uh, if you zig when you zag, then it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's name the people. Obviously, Isaac Chamberlain is a fight that we want to see you in going Current forward. Current British well. champion, I think he yeah, might be going. Yeah. 
and hopefully challenging at European level. At but point. hopefully these guys will fight next. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. If, if, if Vidal comes through um, against... Win, win, win. Okay, win. Exactly, exactly. I was waiting for you to say that. Um, Chris Billum-Smith, Richard Riakpour, Jai Opataya... Yeah, that there could be a tournament for real if there was a, a format of that setup. But there's this is good for me. This is good for me. Like I enjoy the fact that I've come along at this time. I'm the youngest out of all the names that you mentioned mm -hmm. besides um Alois, but Alois is not in the title picture. No, as no, of he's yet. away he's a way away, yeah. But yeah. in terms of that title picture and, and the names you mentioned, I'm the youngest and I'm amongst them. So it goes to show I'm I'm doing what I need to do. All right, we like to put people on the spot in the studio. <laughs> yeah, you're you're cool, I noticed, you're cool I as a cucumber anyway, you always course, are. Um uh so you said they've all got things. Bell rings you and Chris Billum Smith, what happens? He's coming out to put heat in it. he's gonna put pressure on like he did in the amateurs. <laughs> you know, it's that's Chris's way. He um he's a very hard worker, very persistent. He attacks head, he attacks body. You got yeah, Chris. How does it end for you then? What a fight with Chris? Yeah. Oh come on, man! You can't ask me if I think I'm gonna win. That's a whole different question. I okay. beat I beat anybody. Okay, good. I decide to get right. in the ring with. So what happens with Richard Riakpour and you? Bell rings. I win. I win. What has he got? What qualities does he have? The 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 height, the obvious things that we can see: the height, the power good technique those are like the three main things that he has but whatever anyone has when the day comes to fight them we will devise a plan and we will win isaac chamberlain bell rings oh now he's really trying to draw me out on of the, course on the we're here sport. to entertain he's trying the to bell fights. rings the bell rings with me and isaac fight the bell rings there's another bell another bell another bell and okay. then there's a w for Vidal. so you knock him out in five yeah Oh, did you count the W's? I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think what Gareth's alluded to I, I'm there. Ki is, I'm keeping is, going though. Oh, carry I'm, on I'm, then, mate. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Who else do you want to make? Um, uh, Chef Clark. Chef Clark. Chef Clark. Chuck him in. Go on. Yeah, same thing. Like I honestly believe that I can beat any of the names that you've mentioned. I'm I'm, I'm smart enough to know you that are. that time you've got brilliant boxing skills. That time and, and experience power. is an is an equation in yeah, these yeah, things. Yeah. But skill for skill I can beat any of those. No people. no you know the dance. Jai yeah. up attire. Time comes we take him too. Is if he he's the number one, I don't one in the live... division at the moment as many yeah, of us. I'd say feel? he's the he's the strongest champion in the division. But the one again, going back to why I'm fighting Lowell on the thirty first of March, is because I don't want to get to that world level and have to tiptoe around yeah. who's there. Yeah. Whoever's there and I want to be champion, I should enter with full confidence that I'm going to beat you. Mm. And that journey starts from fights like now my 11th fight something to hang your hat on on reference to say i belong here not oh i'm the i'm the severe underdog let's hope he does well i don't want that energy around me once i touch that level is Everyone that fight has, 15 onwards something like this i two don't this way where, where, uh, you're ready when you're ready i'm, I'm not, not the, i'm not the promoter okay i'm okay. not the promoter but, yeah i'm just literally in there to challenge myself and fight and whatever fight ends up being my world title fight, that's the fight it is. You fought in the Middle East, haven't you? 
Yes. Would you like to go back there and fight in this? I know, obviously, you're with Ben Shalom at the moment and Sky and Boxer, and they're not really in the same mix as Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn with, with all of that tournament stuff and, you know, X versus Y, five fighters. Could be, though. But but could be. Oh, yeah, I think at some point they will. But do you fancy another sojourn over there to Listen, fight? Listen, the right opportunity were there. Like I said, everything that's happened in my life is based on the right opportunity occurring. Me and my, my close team, my family, we check if it's right. If it's right, the, the, obviously my promoter, my a whole team, and we go. I'm always open to the opportunity that is best. Let's have a music question at the end, yeah? <laughs> okay. Because... You know, there's there's music with you as well. What you're working on musically at the moment in the dance? So we've got more music coming. Um, I have a series called Different Sports. So it's just DS, one, two, three. We've, we've up to three now. I'm mm. going to release four maybe sometime after the fight or just before the fight. And as always, I ring walk to one of the songs that is on the tape. Is that counterpoint... Sorry, Ed. Is that counterpoint being musical things Joe Calzaghe and his dad were really into music and it gave him bup, 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 seven punches mm. combinations does music for you give you rhythm and dance for your for your for the way you dance yeah. in the ring as well I th- uh, music is a spiritual thing I look at music as a spiritual thing so you can always if you got the ability to have transferable skills whether it's music whether it's football boxing you can find a way where things align mm. and um, music for sure like the same way you find your way that you structure a song and what works for you is the same way you find a style when you box and what works for you also so you can I always find a way to merge one thing to another and get the most out of it how important is it to have those other creative aspects of your life not very just important. concentrating purely on the boxing very important because I'm not just a fighter mm. you know i'm not just a fighter i'm a son i'm an uncle i'm a i'm a rapper i'm a youtuber i'm there's many elements to me none of us are just one person you're presented today where you won't be when you're done and i just like to express and show people that because i have confidence in those elements and how well i can do them that i can share them with the world we've got to go to news and sport in a bit ad and you'll take us there but can i just ask you because people are always fascinated with ksi how impressive has that guy been in terms of his improvements as a boxer as a man physically all those things massive massive because when i met him i couldn't envision him fighting in men arena he was a chubby full little stop. thing, wasn't no, he? No, no, full, like, full stop. Not against yeah. Tommy Fury. Tommy yeah. Fury, that's a whole different achievement. Yeah. But at the time when I met him, I didn't even think he would fight in Men Arena at all mm. to end up having it sold out on multiple occasions. Staples Center. It's crazy. And producing. O2 Arena. And he produced. Yeah. In his own style, he produced. And he made, he made the traditional world look bad on that day with uh, dragging Tommy into that fight. Just word for it. Hmm. Uh, listen, go well with camp. Thank you. Um, and we look forward to seeing you do your thing on Easter Sunday. It's 31st of March at the O2. He's on the uh, uh, Clark Woodley undercard. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Our second studio guest on Saturday night was Ellie Scottley, the IBF Super Bantamweight World Champion. She has got an unification bout scheduled for April 13th. Manchester the destination, and she joined us on Saturday night to discuss it. Thank you both for having hey, me back. Listen, next Pleasure. time, next time it might be unified. Uh, hey, that champion. sounds even better. Uh, what we're going to do with this, we're going to do this in two sections. We'll, we'll talk boxing first. Then we'll do a bit of lifestyle later on. Listen, I promise you we won't go too heavy on Crystal Palace or anything like that, mate, all right? Because and, and there's other little bits that we'll sprinkle in to give a little bit of lifestyle aspect to you. Uh, but first, let's talk about boxing because um, it is April 13th, that's right, isn't it? Yep. Um, we've got Jordan Gill and Zelfa Barrett uh, headlining at, uh, in Manchester and uh, you're there with an opportunity now. And you said this last time that you were in that obviously you want to become world champion, becomes world champion, which is a wonderful thing. But now it's a case of trying to unify uh, yeah. those uh, the division uh, and taking on Lefebvre, who is the WBO <laughs> champion. Um, and I'm getting ahead of myself here. The other two girls that also hold titles in this division could meet as well and in and around the same time, which then might set up a big mm. undisputed by the back end of the year. 2024 yeah. could be a big year at the Scotland household. I uh, know, I want you to have a chat with Eddie because it felt like you mapped that out perfectly. But yeah, no, like I say, it's an exciting time and 2024 will be the best one yet, I believe. Are you... Um, last Again, I keep referring back to our last conversation. Nothing seems to be a surprise to you, but it is moving incredibly quickly isn't yeah. it? And obviously got the opportunity to become world champion, snaffled that, to now be unifying and talking about undisputed championships when we're still relatively in those single figures when it comes to yeah. uh, uh, professional title, uh, professional fights. It feels quick. Does it feel quick for you? Does it feel like it's moving it feels, at a rapid rate? No, it feels long, if I'm honest with you, because from the get-go, you know, if you look at who I boxed, it, it wasn't just gimmicks. I was willing to take risks. So, you know, within nine fights, the unified division, it sounds quick, but, you know, I felt like I've earned my stripes. Mm. Well, there's a, there's a different um, camber, isn't there? There's a yeah. different trajectory for women's boxing and men's. We can't compare those. And I know we're going to get... Well, we can get into it in this section. We'll talk about Ellie's life in, in the next section. But um, six, seven, eight fights now is, is quite standard for a lot yeah. of female boxers to fight for a world title. If you're good enough... Your experience enough is the way it is. But yeah. the beauty of it, and we we both celebrate this very often on, on this show and wherever we're talking about it, is the best are fighting the best very quickly. And it needs to happen. It will accelerate things. Um, and 
you know, this is a tough fight against Segolene Lefebvre. It's no, there's no pushover. All these guys are coming with everything. And the more girls that come through, or women that come through, um, I don't know whether the amateur pedigree is going to get bigger and bigger because a lot of women are coming straight into pro the pro game. Mm. And I think it's accelerated things, certainly over the lot. Well, since lockdown. Yeah, I've really accelerated yeah, definitely. It. I feel like lockdown gave us a chance because, you know, there was many shows and female fights were cheap to put on and they were 10-2, so it was a quick watch and we was all stuck in our house. So before, people would go to the bar, whereas now you were sitting and you was watching thinking, God, these girls can fight, and that was the moment for us. Can I say as well, Ed, one of the things about you, Ellie, as well, and this is really important given that I'd say 80% of boxing fans at the moment are men, you have a thrilling style. And that's really important to draw. And yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm not being sexist about this, but to no. draw the, those fans to be fans of you. It's an entertainment you, business. In, in terms of entertainment. Mm. Do you not find that, that people love your style? Yeah, to be honest, that's reasons why I've got a face like this. <laughs> get out. Face for radio. But um, yeah, no, I felt like... You'll get the nose job done when you, when Wait, you finish it. I promise my brother a hair transplant to Turkey, so it'll be, <laughs> he'll get his hair done, I'll get my nose. Listen, Froch, Froch nev <laughs> Carl Froch never start, stops talking about how beautiful his noses these he, days. He has got a good he's, nose wor now. he's worked hard for it, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He has. Um, on Lefebvre, she's undefeated. You're undefeated. <laughs> yeah. um, Experience-wise, when it comes to the pro game, she, it's probably on her level oh, because, sure. what is she, 18 and 0 right and now? Yeah, yeah, she's strong. Uh, what what challenge does, does she bring to a fight with you? She brings a different one. For one, you know, she's undefeated. She's young and she's a champion. Mm. And those three things are dangerous. But, you know, I prepared for it. There's been talks before where she, I was going to fight her two fights ago, but you know, agreements wasn't made, whereas now the time's right and we're both putting everything on the line and it'll make for a great fight. We debate this all the time. Um, Adam and I, we don't see eye to eye on this, but... We'll have a scrap I, in a minute. I quite, I, <laughs> You've got to get talk, your Can we talk about the two? I, I, I always win on this one. Uh, I don't, actually, because the jury's out. Two and three-minute rounds. Yeah. Um, what's your take on it? I think it should have nothing to do with income. If, if you fight two-minute rounds or three-minute rounds, we've got Amanda Serrano on the show later. I spoke to her about it. It's not a meritocracy boxing. If you've got a big draw, if you've got loads of fans you'll bring to the sport, you'll earn more. It shouldn't be about three-minute rounds. You earn the same as the men because there's going to be men out there that earn less than you mm -hmm. for fighting three-minute rounds. Where are you on the 10-2s, 10 two-minute rounds for title fights? Are we in the right place? Should there be three-minute rounds? Should we go? I think we should go to twelve two-minute rounds. Do it! Rounds. She's nodding. She's nodding. Flip the go table. Go I, I, no, I think twelve two-minute rounds. We should move to straight away. Okay, I, I can see your your view on that. You know, I'd love to fight three minutes, but again, we haven't got the depth for it yet, and. It's a quick watch, 10 twos. It's like if we had the men's doing 10, 12 twos, for instance, you'd yeah. have a different outcome. You'd have different champions. So I feel to show the depth, we haven't got it yet. There'd be a lot of differences. There'd be a lot of stoppages. Whereas 10 twos, it, it catches fire as a sprint and you're yeah. engaged for that whole fight. We're guaranteed a, a fight every time females fight. There's twos. also a difference in two and three minute rounds. Massive kind of difference. Physically for anaerobic yeah. and aerobic skills, aren't there? Mm -hmm. You know, that, that that last minute of a round is different to the first two. Yeah, a lot comes into it. Not just, you know, y your heart comes into it in the three as well. So Time to set things time up, to go set to work. Because yeah. Yeah. you train three minute rounds, don't you? Uh, I've sparred three minutes Spar, quite a few I mean, times. Yeah. Um, but obviously, 
we, we train twos because that's what we're working to. But like I say, you someone can make it hard work. If I'm running for two minutes, you, you, you've you got a minute to recover. So initially, we're resting for half the amount of time we're working. When I put that to you, that's mm, madness. It is. It'll be a different sport. But, but what should... Yeah, but should you... Should you I'm so excited by that. No, because I love the debate about this. So should you go to... From a 20-minute fight to a 30-minute fight straight away, 10 three-minute rounds. How do we... How do we do that? I had the discussion with Shane previously, and he said, how about eight threes? Shane McGuigan. Yep, yeah, Shane McGuigan, the coach. So, yeah, he, he suggested eight threes, and I can see I can see why that would 24 work. 24 minutes, I like it. 12 twos, eight threes. I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm sold. There we go. I'm over. I'm over on the Are you in the threes now? I'm over. Eight Please. threes. Hey, well done. I've not been able to do that for two <laughs> years, mate. But you, look at that, you've done that in He's two minutes. Now. Yeah, you've got, you've got you can't short. go from twenty-minute fight to a thirty-six-minute fight. So eight threes, you're in for. There, yeah, he's offering you like eight threes now. No, I like yeah. it. I'll I like be the ref. I, listen, <laughs> I, I like my, my, my whole point with it is is because we want parity, right? Yeah. At do. the moment, people look at it and they go, "Well, that's female boxing." Well, hang on a minute. Okay. I agree with exactly what mm. you've just said there. The talent pool isn't deep enough to no. do it right across the board. Mm. But the title fights, the elite it women's is. title fights, absolutely. For example, Jonas Mayer mm-hmm. last week or two weeks ago. Very, very close fights. But, but that could Chantel easily Chantel Cameron three and minutes. Katie Taylor twice. Three minutes. Very Serrano, close fights. Katie Taylor. Three Serrano, Katie Taylor, very close. So it's hard. And you yeah. might get different outcomes because that extra minute, it's, you'll, you'll be able to testify this, yeah. right? That extra minute is incredibly it difficult. It, yeah. Absolutely. It's so hard to score two-minute rounds when you have all action. It is. It's really, really hard. It is, but that third minute is where I personally believe, yeah. and this might sound brutal... It's won or lost. Yeah, absolutely. And it will yeah. also provide yeah. the viral moments, i.e. the stoppages, <sighs> of which then... That's send my you excuse. A, if it goes to three minutes, I've not got an excuse <laughs> for not having a stoppage. Yeah, but, but that then <laughs> sends you around the world because... That's where we're living. We're living in our phones yeah. and we and we want to see in 60 seconds, wow, what Highlight did, she, room. What did yeah. she do? You know what I mean? And that makes superstars for It's me. fascinating. That's that, where I'm it, at it, it will change. I'm, I'm sure it's on the way but to eight change. But eight threes, eight threes I like. I like eight threes as well. Yeah. Because, all right. Write yeah, that down. I, 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 <laughs> that, but I haven't time. gone to, because all I've heard are 10 threes or 12 threes for championship fights. Never. Eight, because I think you've got to physiologically increase bit by step bit by rather step, than just yeah. throw it up there. Eight threes to ten threes, I like that. Eight threes, then yeah, progressing yeah, to ten. Yeah, yeah. Well, Amanda Serrano's hey, on later talking about You can take ten percent on that. That's, that's a I great want fifteen. <laughs> good right hand from Scott Ellis. That was a good shot. Just as I was about to say, oh, it was a cut. The right eye. Canaris on the other side of the face, and she's really under severe pressure now. And a beautiful looping right hand over the top of the jab of Janika Johnson from Scotland there. Now it's time to start running really so the big goal for me is undisputed so next obviously unifications and by the end of the year that's that's the aim uh, well she ain't playing games april 13th is when the unifications begin against uh sogalien lefervoir love saying that um wbo champion taking on our ibf champion uh, in, Didn't know uh, you spoke Russian, by the way. I don't. Uh, in uh, Ellie Scott News, uh, very kindly giving up a bit of time on Saturday night to come and join us. Obviously, we've been speaking a little bit about boxing, but you've been on the show a couple of occasions, so I think it's nice to kind of uh, highlight a few other things that go on in your life. I've spotted that you are a bit of a, a Crystal Palace fan, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get uh, the microphone on for Ellie, please? That'd be wonderful. A uh, bit yeah, of a Crystal Palace. Yes, there, listen. There, no. How's it going for you this season? It's not going too well, is it's it? Roy's got a bit ill as well, so he is, yeah. you know, hopefully he's recovering. But you know he's done a great job for us. But maybe it's time to have a, 
Someone new going. You you uh, you snaffle one of uh, my players. I'm a Blackburn Rovers fan, you see. So Adam <laughs> Wharton, who you've yes. got, who's he, only a young lad. He's only 19, Gareth, right? Mm-hmm. But he's a, he's going to be a superstar. This guy, local lad. Yeah, and her, and her team have nicked him offers, right? But fingers crossed, he's going to do the business fingers for you. Up, yeah, keep, fingers crossed, he keeps us up as well. But you know, we got we got great young talent, Eze, Alise. So I feel like we're just we just got to get it right, and mm. that would be with a good manager behind us. You know, Roy's done a great job, but. His health's, you know, most important. Of course, mm. we've uh, we've spoken to Richard Riakpo on a couple of occasions, who's also a fellow Eagle, mm. and he mm. talks about his dream of maybe fighting at Sellers Park. Is that something that you would like to maybe tick off yourself? Oh, of course, you know, mm-hmm. a Palace fanatic boxing at, at Sellers Park, but you know, I, I'm cre- uh, obviously he's boxing CBS, so <laughs> of course. I've, I've got to, yeah, yeah, I've got to give CBS a shout out on that behalf. But you know, boxing at you know, Selhurst Park will obviously be a dream of mine for sure. And Catford, Catford Broadway Theatre as well. <laughs> it holds nice. about 50, so I should be able to sell it Catford out. Catford Broadway Theatre? Yes. <laughs> I used to... So, p- come on, don't stop. Tell me the story behind this. What, what, what Did you tread the boards there? What did you, what did you do? No, no, I used to just get the cheap tickets to watch Snow White. That was as good as it got. <laughs> Pantomimes. Yeah, yeah, the pantomime. I never, I weren't one of the, the wolves, but <laughs> that's that's one of my, my dreams. I want to go back to Catford as well at some point. Nice. Um, Not bes- on the street. B- bespoke so. audience, five grand a ticket, something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, Get what? Talk, talk to us about your athletic ability and prowess. You mentioned football there. Mm. When you were a little girl, yep. um, did you play football? Did we? Did you have talent at that? Where were your? Where were your? Where was your athletic prowess when you were, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, coming through? Surviving in my household, if I'm honest. Um, one of seven. I'm the baby, and I've got That's five right. brothers. Yeah. So you, you could imagine what it was like at mm. feeding grounds. That's it. But um, yeah. So I was. I wouldn't say I was a football star at all. I remember I went to a little holiday camp and. He brought me back to my mum's doorstep and went, oh, do you know what? She she was really good today, but at the wrong point. I slag tackled a kid and he didn't have the ball. I, I just went straight through him. So I've always been like... Violent. Yeah, violent. <laughs> we put it down to being violent. But yeah, like I say, it was from having five brothers and taking a, a pace in every day. Was it, was it? Were you a tomboy in that sense? I with was. Them then? From, yeah. Yeah. I know we've spoken about this before. Yeah, I was a little I, yeah. tomboy. And then it was weird, actually. I only did boxing between nine and ten. And then during that time from 10 to 17, I wouldn't have left the house without makeup or my hair done. So very different to now. And then I went back to boxing at 17. What changed? What, what made you go back? I was getting ready to go out, actually. And uh, Mick Conlon in Ashfak was on the Commonwealth Games. And mm. I remember thinking, oh, it just caught my attention. Glasgow. Yeah, and I went back to the gym at 75 kilo. That's 10 years ago. Was it 10 years? You went ten back to the ago. gym at 75 kilos. It's 10 years 75 ago. 75 kilos, bowled in like a little wrecking ball. Wow. <laughs> really? Yeah. How, how did, I remember that, I remember us talking about that. How did that weight get on and how did you get rid of it then? Um, got on just, you know, I'm big boned, that's how I say it. And then, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> what my mum told me growing up, so I don't have another wagon wheel and that was the reason. But um, <laughs> I remember the six weeks holidays, I told my mum I'm going back to boxing and it was like, you know, the boy cried wolf sort of thing. So mm. I just thought, oh, I'm going to show this. And then within six week holiday, I lost 15 kilo. Jeez. And I had my first fight. We, me, me and Gareth were uh, uh, speaking about your, uh, not plight, but just the, the your experience of boxing through the pandemic and COVID and yeah, being away yeah. from it and actually having to have a proper job in order to <laughs> pay your way through. Just highlight a few little bits in that because everybody thinks boxers, world champion boxers, you're multimillionaires, you like, you're all strutting around, mm. driving Lamborghinis and all sorts of carry on, aren't you? Hang on, it's there's the real people out there doing a real graft, just like me and you, but with big dreams and big talents. So talk to me through that 
pandemic times of what you had to do in order to try and make things happen? Oh, it was humbling, you know. I worked at L- um, B&Q and I had a pedal bike because obviously the transport was off. So I'd pedal in to go work my shift and be walking around. I was a key worker. I don't know how I milked that one. And I then remember I'd... us talking about yeah. that. Yeah, because you loved being outside the house, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Remember I got knocked out by the rake? Yeah, tell First us time about I've been it. dropped tell in us my about career. It. Tell us uh, about it. I was pretending to look busy in the garden while everyone was doing it. I stepped on the end and boom, Homer Simpson moment. And yeah, first time I've been wobbled in my career. <laughs> <laughs> Off a garden rake. By, by yeah. the B&Q rake. I chinned it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I used to cycle into work and then cycle up to London, train, probably when you wasn't meant to, and then, yeah, cycle back home. And I was just like waiting to catch a break. And it was a shame because I chose to turn pro and it was a big moment, but, you know, mm. the pandemic kind of took that away from it. So in, yeah. the, in that in that route over the last 10 years, I think yeah. I recall you saying as well, there was a time when you came back into it, it was actually quite hard to find opponents to box as well because there wasn't a, a big... It's different now. It's changed in the last four years, but you had to be patient about getting into the sport. I feel like I had to be patient from, you know, from when I did start even at nine years old. I was the mm. only kid hidden in the hot room. One to probably get the weight off and two because females weren't allowed in the Lynn mm. back then. So I've always been patient. Let's call yourself Len Scottney or something. <laughs> yeah. you're a I ain't well, got Katie, that story. No, 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 but, well, Katie Taylor's <laughs> dad used to tie her hair back, didn't they? And, yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, Ken, Ken Taylor or whatever, <laughs> whoever she was. But they had to pretend she was a boy. Yeah, you know, yeah. To box the boys in the amateurs. But you know, every walk of life, you got to have a bit of patience, and I feel like my faith really helped me along with that. So it's something I developed, and something I'm learning to still be patient now, even with the unifications waiting. Mm. It all happens at the right time, you know, and I trust in that. How was um? And this is a poignant part of your life. How how was your faith? Because you're 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 a big Christian. How has that helped? What happened last August, obviously, losing a, a key member uh, of your family. You've spoken about your, your nan on the show, yeah. 99 years of 99. age. What a fan of yours that she was. I know she was a massive inspiration. How has everything since then been? It was hard, you know. Um, I remember, obviously, she was 99, and who can turn around and say they it was blessed to her someone for that long? But, you know, you're like, one more year, and she, she gets her letter. But to be honest, she used to say, oh, it's not going to be from the Queen now. Like, I ain't too <laughs> bothered about old Charles at the time. But, um, yeah, it was it was very hard, and I had, she passed away, and I remember the funeral was uh, two weeks before I defended my world title. Mm. Um, but I managed to kind of... It was easier to kind of deal with it where I had something to focus on. But, you know, and it was a blessing that I won the world title while she was still here. And, you know, she always said I've got to finish the collection. So on April the 13th, we, God willing, we add to that. I, mean, I remember you speaking when you were in the studio and I don't, I don't think at the time you'd taken the belt back to her. Mm. I didn't have it yet. Yeah, that was time, It hadn't come at that time. What, mm. was, what was that like being able to take uh, the belt? And, uh, and what was her reaction like? Uh, so well, we know her reaction. Um, <laughs> they bleep my words now, so we, you know, her famous per- uh, pose that went yes, everywhere. We've all seen that, yes. Yeah, um, it was priceless, you know. She she got quite poorly towards the end, but she still had her marble. She's still quick as the wit. So to take the belt down, it was it was tradition. We'd have a cover, a few digestives, and you know, she always said, oh, "I knew you'd do it. I knew you'd do it. I need another one now." So it was always. She knew I'd do it, and it was that moment that kind of everything felt worth it. Am, am I right in thinking, I'm, I may be wrong on this, but I, my memory's coming back now from our conversations, that you and her were like two peas in a pod. Oh, it was and that a when, yeah, yeah, very, very similar. And that, yeah. in a way, she was the one that knew you'd go on and box. And that yeah. you, you've said to me, 
in her day, if she was around now, she'd have been boxing as well. She'd she'd get stoppages as well. So I didn't I didn't get a. Didn't. You just you just had that DNA together. We did, we did. She was a tough old boot, you know. She had nine children and yeah, she she brought them up. She was solid. Wow. Um, mm. She was some woman, and I hope that you know now I can bits of me that would be a bit like her. So you know, I'm fighting, and I feel like I'm not only fighting for my name but hers through me. So bless you, yeah, bless massive. you, Absolutely. brilliant, brilliant. Be- Listen, it's beautiful to hear, and uh, off the back of that. Like you've just mentioned, April 13th is the next step of uh, what she's gone and told you to go and do. You better go and collect the bombing lot of them, <laughs> haven't you? Uh, so April 13th. Um, Ségolène Lefebvre. I like that. I like that. Uh, we're getting better. Yeah, we are. We're trying. What's um, How does camp ramp up now? When do you, when do you get... F- are, you, are you already fully in or, are you, or, or is it a process in uh, Yeah, a you know, we're hitting, we're hitting the eight-week mark now, so you know, sparring's like now. Away we go. Yeah, away we go. So this is the last late night I'll be having in a while, you two. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies for giving you... Now, following on from Ellie Scottney a little earlier on in the show, we continued the three-minute round conversation with... Quite possibly the best female boxer on the planet, Amanda Serrano. Gareth caught up with unified featherweight world champion Amanda Serrano. He asked if we'll get a rematch with Katie Taylor. <laughs> you know what? I never. I don't think uh, uh, us women. We're not scared. We're not scared of each other. We don't fear any anyone. If we did, or avoiding you then, or avoiding you, or avoiding you. No, Katie, Katie's a tough fighter. I mean, I would love the rematch. And I know she she loves the rematch too because, you know, that's a, a question in, in her in her career. And, and I think she wants to prove to everyone that um she did win, but you know, she's not she's not gonna have um the same amount of the real deal Serrano in there with her, you know, and, and like I've been saying, you know, Katie is the only girl that I'm willing to go back to the two minutes. Um if she takes the three minutes, then I'm that's even better for me. But you know, Katie, um, yeah, she will get the two minutes if she if she wants it. But I would definitely love the rematch if she if she wants it. And and I think um this time uh, um, I will get the, the knockout. <laughs> um, can I talk to you about two and three minute rounds? I have very, I mean, I've been in the sport a long time. I've supported women's boxing a long time. I supported the, the court case that Jane Couch had 27 years ago against the British Boxing Board of Control to become the first licensed professional in the UK. And I, you know, followed Jane's, and Jane's a f- lunatic, frankly, but, um, <laughs> But she 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 goes way back when where she had no money. She slept in journalists' rooms in hotels because she had no money. She fought everyone. Um, she's a legend. She's in the Hall of Fame this summer, which I'm really delighted about. Deserving, yeah, deserving. Absolutely. But I you know you know this yourself. Aerobic and anaerobic is different with two and three minute rounds. But I have a theory that some of the most exciting fights we're seeing at the moment are women's fights because they're two-minute rounds. And maybe men's fights will go to two-minute rounds eventually. Um, you know, um, not necessarily. I think uh, we make exciting fights depending on, on, on who we're fighting, the, the girls who are fighting each other. Um, yeah. The best fight, best now, and that's what makes exciting fights to go out there. You know, South does make, do make fights, so depending on in there. But I have the same um, output uh, in three minutes that I did in two minutes, you know. Uh, 
I, I as you saw my last fight, I you went there. I threw like over a thousand punches, and I went out there and, and I fought as if I was fighting the two minutes. So yeah. um, that's just that's just who I am. That's just who I think the three minutes allows us to get an extra minute of either you know going out there and 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 fighting. But sometimes the two minute rounds with women, it, like I said, thousand make fights. Some two minutes are really boring. They're not exciting. So yeah. <laughs> that's sloppy. So we don't have. It's like two minutes to me is like a it's like a sprint. Like you have to go out there and we have to just give it all. You don't have time to like to do the head movements or to set up the punches. Now with the extra minute, we can sit down and relax a little bit. Set up. Maybe we'll have the most the more devious knockouts and stuff. But I think it's just um we just the two minutes is just so it's such sloppiness and yeah. and we have to you don't showcase that. Well, here's what I I I um think is that you guys should be paid the same amount anyway as men, whether you fight two or three minute rounds. I don't think the number of minutes you fight should dictate what you're paid. You need parity with the men's game. Just let me ask two more questions, please. Because Yeah, and when well, you were saying that, it also depends because not too many um, women um, sell. <laughs> so you yeah. can just... But Amanda, boxing's not a meritocracy. Some of the greatest boxing boxers on earth in men's boxing don't get paid as much as people that are showmen. It's not a meritocracy boxing. It's the Wild West. You deserve to be paid hugely for your sport. You should never have to work again when you stop. You should be able to invest... Uh uh and massively in what you're doing whether it's gyms around the world no you are an icon there's no question I vote, about it i vote you for president <laughs> no no but i I've, I've been i've been following you a long time i've been following i know i'm sorry i'm in the dark here a little bit um but it's the only place i could get the best connection it's brilliant to see you um how long do you go on um and what how how do you want to be remembered when you're eventually hanging up those gloves well, um, I'm going into my fifth year profile um, in March. I will be 15 years as a professional. So I don't think it's much longer you're going to see Amanda the real deal. Serrano, as a, as a professional, I have maybe um, one or two more fights. It's up to the team, um, my, my trainer, how he feels. Um, definitely going to stay in the sport. Uh, love uh, I'm managing um, fighters now. I just signed an 18 year old. I have um two of my fighters. They're fighting on my undercard. So I'm super proud of that as as well. And I just want to be remembered as as a game changer, as a, a woman that, you know, that was a great role model to the young kids, showing that I can be respectful outside the ring, but go in there and handle my business, go out there, become seventh division world champion, undisputed champion, without ever disrespecting any of my opponents or any women in the sport of boxing. You know, it's, it's bad enough we get um, discrimination against the men. From the, I mean, from the men, we don't need to do it with each other. We go out there and, and be, we are women, in, in and out the ring, go out there and put on, out in a performance and showcase women's boxing. So that's what I want to be remembered as a, a great fighter, as a great champion. Amanda Serrano, um, get laying into the uh, three-minute round uh, conversation, which we were having a moment or two ago with uh, Ellie Scottney. I'm not going to argue with the ledge. She, <laughs> she, she, she is the ledge. I mean, she's the nuts. That woman is, I mean, we were, we were chatting off air about it. And I was sitting in my car in the dark doing the interview. The lights went out. But um, there is something about her style. I, it was a nice debate with you. You said, what about Clarissa Shields? I think technically, pound for pound, Serrano is right up there. Could be the number one. As in best female boxers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Technically best, yeah. yeah. Um, 
it's going to be interesting to see what the navigation is for her because obviously we've kind of got Katie Taylor tied up. We think, is she going in the direction of a trilogy with uh, Chantelle Cameron? Is that going to be the next one? Or will it be Amanda Serrano? Well, she's got those options, and and you know, and Katie's kind of the queen maker right now, isn't she? She's the she's the one that decides that they could go back if they can't get Croke Park, and and they go back to Madison Square Garden. That was an incredible event. Oh, absolutely! I mean, I mean, I was there working live on it, and and you know, the 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 names that came out, the Billie Jean Kings of this world, the the the, the support, and the fight but, lived up to it. Oh, it the was fight was outstanding, just extraordinary. Again. Um, Three-minute r- rounds would have suited Amanda Serrano in that fight. They did 10-2s, 8-3s. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Now, I did say that we are branching out. We do boxing, we do MMA, and we're doing a little bit of Muay Thai as well. John Hegarty was absolutely sensational in his fight in the early hours of Saturday morning. Gareth caught up with him straight after the weigh-in pre-fight to get a little bit of a take as to where his head was at. But then, of course, me and Gareth... Brought down the fight for you, which is a must-see. So if you haven't seen it, make sure you go and check it out. But first, have a listen to this fella. Look at this. We don't call a fight night for nothing. We're doing the whole shenanigans tonight. We've got some MMA coming up very, very shortly. Um, we've obviously been speaking boxing extensively on fight night tonight with myself, Adam Castle and Gareth A. Davis. Right now, we are turning our uh, attentions towards Muay Thai. Uh, that uh, is a little bit of a clip from the commentary of uh, yesterday's uh, fantastic victory uh, for John Hegarty taking on Felipe Lobo uh, in one championship. I'm sure that if you're a big fan, you'll have already seen that because they've just done a recent deal with Sky Sports. We'll speak about that extensively in a minute. But Gareth actually caught up uh, with John in the week, in the build-up to this fight. I think this is immediately after his weigh-in, wasn't it? When you, when yeah, you caught it up was on him? Friday evening, yeah. And he was about, he, he was, what was he, 24 hours away from the fight. Right, okay. So this is 24 hours pre-fight. This is uh, John speaking to Gareth and then we'll take you through what actually happened in the contest with Felipe Lobo in a moment or two. So I first got into it through my dad. You know, he was... Uh, he was an MMA fighter himself. And then um, I started to go to the training sessions that he was doing. And then uh, I fell in love with it since then. And he put me on the path to Muay Thai. So um, he pushed me. He pushed me quite a lot. So I'm very thankful that he did because I'm in the position that I'm in now. Um, he was one of the dads that would be outside the school gates. And uh, while all the friends are going out to the park playing football, I'll be going to training. Um, which at the time, I wasn't really happy. But... Uh, like I said, I'm very thankful that I did get pushed. And, um, yeah, we're here now. Tell me about um, growing up. I say the wall were thrown. I mentioned the wall were thrown. It's kind of, it's a beautiful part of London, but it's also quite street as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it can be as well. Um, I had a good group of friends. I had a, a, I've, got, I've still got a group of friends from primary school um, still to this day. And we used to hang around the Wolf Road. And, um, yeah, I've moved to Thailand away from everything, away from some distractions. Not that I'm easily distracted, but I'm just fully focused on my career uh, in Muay Thai. So I've moved to Thailand full-time now. Um, yeah, and the sky's the limit. No distractions in Thailand? Uh, I, stay in, I stay in fight camp. I, um, I go to a few restaurants every now and then. I try to uh, 
keep my head occupied. And um, yeah, that's it really. I don't know if you're in a relationship or married, but there's a lot of very beautiful female Thai fighters as well who flick from, you know, um, being these very elegant women to suddenly, you know, hmm. a load of head kicks and elbows. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm in a relationship now. I'm in a happy relationship with my girlfriend. But yeah, like you said, there is some lethal girls out there that, uh, that are doing the sport in Muay Thai. And um, props, props to them because they're killers. There's some killers in the one championship. Some female fighters also. Um, the, the the funny thing is, you know, you mentioned that um, killers. Remember the pretty killer, Men Barlow? Um, yeah. Very famous British Muay Thai fighter. And when you go down some of the names, Jordan Watson, I've written a few down here. Steve Wakeling, Ronnie Green, you'll know all these guys. They're legends in the sport. And also uh, Liam Harrison, who was going to fight Floyd Mayweather, wasn't he? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, correct. Are you scheduled to fight Liam at some point? Uh, I think that was um, that was on the cards for the U a UK show. You know, I done my part. I got both belts in the one championship, and uh, we was just waiting on um, one championship to bring it to the UK. But I'm not too sure now that fight's getting further and further away. Um, I think he wants to fight other people. I think he wants to go down other routes like boxing, um, rule mixed rule sets. So um, I'm just focused on defending my belts, and uh, what will be will be. Um, it'll be a great fight. I think everybody wants to see it. And I, that's what I'm about. I like to give the fans what they want. So um, hopefully one day we can still get it on. Tell me about, um, in, in Muay Thai, um, obviously that we, we know the pay structure in, in mixed martial arts has, has got extraordinarily better. There's, you know, one championship obviously runs uh, mixed martial arts events. They've got some formidable, ha and have had some formidable champions. Um moreover, you know, Bellator, PFL, we know they've got an event in mm -hmm. Saudi coming up next weekend. UFC is huge guns now, um, and that's grown with uh, wrestling now as well. Um, what's the situation for for Muay Thai fighters and pay? Is it is it difficult to make a good living out of it? Uh, out of it? And the fact that it's now aligned to things like one championship, does that help you in, in your situation and your earning capacity? I mean, uh, growing up through the rankings in the in the, uh, the the UK Muay Thai scene and all that sort them sort of scenes, I think it's a little bit hard to juggle just to be a full time fighter. But um, at the stage at one championship, they're uh, they're paying well. It's getting better. It's getting a lot better. I'm uh, I'm very thankful that I'm able to live live the life of Muay Thai and not have a a job. And uh, this is my full job. And um, yeah, I'm very thankful. And now I'm the double champ. Uh, I can say it's a lot better. If I if I say so myself, have you had to have a job down the down the way at times to to keep yourself in the sport? Uh, I haven't. Very thankful. I I went down the uh, at the start the um, apprentice sort of stuff. But uh, if I'm telling you, what did you honest, do? What did you do as an apprentice? Uh, plumbing. I went to college. I got my level two, and I just thought to myself, and this isn't this isn't what I want to do. You know, I know I'm. I'm very talented at fighting, and um, I just thought I'd I'd uh, pursue my dream. Do you think Muay Thai needs more recognition in the UK? Yeah, one hundred percent. I feel like it's a brutal sport. It's uh, it's very entertaining. I'm not sure if you've seen any of the fights on one championship. Uh, they're literally four ounce gloves, two guys and girls going at it um, for five rounds. Um, it's pretty brutal. You know, it's pretty brutal. It's uh, probably one of the most exciting sports out there, if I'm totally honest. But um, 
yeah, it does deserve the recognition, but it is getting there, um, and it will be it will be um, up there with the best. Is there a point soon. when you do you, do you do any groundwork yourself? Um, in time, I'm, I'm, talk, I'm not talking about labouring now. I'm talking about um, <laughs> it, um, wrestling and, and jujitsu and things like that. Do you do you in, imbibe in those at all? So uh, funny you say that. Uh, I am literally got my eyes on the MMA world champion in one championship. And um, my dad's obviously had an MMA gym. So as a young kid, I was growing up in his gym. And I was doing the basics of sort of wrestling. But um, obviously, I went down the, the Muay Thai route. But um, I've got my eyes on the MMA champion in the One Championship um, organization. So I've been doing a few wrestling and jiu-jitsu moves. So uh, keep your eyes out, people. So who, who who is that? And who would you be targeting in that, in that competition? So I'll be targeting... My last opponent. So my last opponent was Fabrizio Andrade. I fought yes. him for, and kickboxing rules um, for the kickboxing world title. I defeated him, but he is the current uh, MMA world champion. So um, I've beat him at the kickboxing stand up. So I feel like it's only right I can give him a shot at the MMA. I tell you what, the juxtaposition between listening to that gentleman speak to you and the geezer that I saw in the uh, in the ring last mm. night um, is uh, is a little bit chalk and cheese because he he seems a bit gentle in the conversation that he's having with you. He's far from gentle when the hands and uh, feet start uh, flowing in a Muay Thai uh, in a Muay, in a Muay Thai combat fight. Um, for those that haven't caught it, um, just turn your radio down right now. I don't want to spoil it to you, just in case you have recorded it and you want to go and watch it yourself. Uh, but John Hegarty did come through uh, with a third round TKO knockout. The finishing shot is absolutely sensational, but that's not necessarily the tale of the fight. Round number two, potential for a round of the year contender as him uh, and Lobo went back and forth. He knocked Lobo down in the second round, but then Lobo comes back in the in the final parts of the second round, which was absolutely sensational. And it was actually Hegarty that was down in the first round with a, an onslaught. Uh, from Felipe Lobo. It really is a truly tremendous fight and just a really good advertisement for anybody wanting to get into a new fight sport. A lot of people obviously follow MMA, a lot of people follow uh, boxing, of course. Maybe Muay Thai isn't one of those things that a lot of British fight fans follow. I, I suppose with a new deal with Sky Sports, they will be, uh, they'll be uh, aware of it now and fights like that that we saw last night are absolutely going to help grow the sport. Well, Jay Hegarty, Hegarty underscore, um, he's, I think he's got 700,000 followers on Instagram. Um, that's the beautiful thing about social media, by the way, Ooh. that different um, highways have their own fans. He's a, he's a wonderful person, John. Um, you know, he's, he's lived the life um, and now wants to move into, into MMA and it's great that one championship are crossing over into Muay Thai as well and doing that. He's living the life out in Thailand. Muay Thai, of course, eight points, fists, elbows, knees and feet. Um, there's a there's a nine-point art, which is the headbutt as well, but we won't go into that tonight. Um, that's the, probably the roughest sport on earth. Mm. MMA was once, of course, way back when, um, when it was cage fighting. Um, but some um, wonderful human being. It was brilliant to catch up with him this week. I'm delighted, like you just said, that that talk sports um, are, are are pushing people like John Hegarty, but also that Sky Sports Arena showed that event last night, mm. and I think it's ongoing as well. So it's a good time for those guys. And now he wants to do MMA. Mm. And listen, the, the I think it's always good from a from a person that consumes a lot of fight sports, it's always good to have as many platforms, broadcast platforms this is, 
involved in the sport, make mm. it as accessible as you possibly can for the fan base. And I say this all the time, and we've been speaking about it a little earlier on in the show, haven't we, when we were talking about Catterall and Taylor and the rematch that those guys are going to be having. I always believe that if you're trying to cross over and you're trying to get into the living rooms of what we would class as a casual fan or a general sports fan, Sky Sports, Talk Sport are the platforms that you want to be on. Because nine times out of ten, it's a football fan that's listening to us. And hopefully we give them enough to go and watch it and then they can fall in love with it too. When when I started to get involved in broadcasting and promoting the UFC in the UK in about 2005, um, all we said at the time was, what you need is eyes on the sport and the fans will grow. When you watch Muay Thai, the, 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 the respect you have as a combat sports fan for those guys is immediate. Mm. I know our producer, Ed, uh, went out He's to even Thai- taking it up. Well, he went out to Thailand <laughs> recently. A lot of very small young women beat him up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 they transform from the most beautiful young women into killers. Yeah. And Muay Thai is the national sport of Thailand. Obviously, it's it's almost a religion there. And I don't want to be um, to be to be inappropriate with Buddhism or the, the religions that are there. But it's such a powerful way of life. Much as Jiu Jitsu is in Brazil, and th- that way of life has mm-hmm. has come around with the, with the Gracie family. Um, it, it's an extraordinary sport. The bo- the tensile strength of the body in Muay Thai is incredible. I mean, I love the leg catch. The, when they catch a kick and they trip and they knock them down, then they sit back. And it's a, it's a sport of ultimate respect, ultimate toughness. And the more we can promote it, the more they deserve. So there you have it. Action packed show. Hopefully you've enjoyed that. And we'll have another podcast lined up for you at the start of next week. If you want to join us live, you're more than welcome to do so because you can get involved with the show yourself. Every Saturday night on TalkSport and on TalkSport YouTube boxing channel, make sure you come and join us for it. We'll catch you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.